Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pinion. I'm bringing you today's word for November 28, 2018. I'm teaching a series entitled Standing on a Word from God. This is part 58 of the overall series and part 30 of the life of David. We've been studying the life of David. I want to go back to it this morning. The title of today's message is Committed for the Long Haul. As a believer, listen, I'm talking about standing on a word where you get a word from God and it's so big, it's so enormous that, uh, you know, you got to be, be, be processed to be able to, to carry the weight of the anointing associated with the assignment. And in that processing, the sad truth is that many people give up, cave in, and quit. And as a believer, you have to be in it for the long haul. You have to be so committed that you're not gonna be moved by people like we learned yesterday. You're not gonna be moved by circumstances. You are just not going to be moved. You are gonna continue to believe God and move forward and uh, so that you can experience what God has called you to experience so that you could be the man or the woman that God has called you to be. So yesterday we learned that Saul, allowed the green-eyed monster of jealousy to get a hold of his heart, right? He it developed a stronghold. I mean, he was the king of Israel, but he was intimidated. He was insecure. So he was intimidated by a 17-year-old kid just because some women started singing, Saul has killed his thousands, but David, his tens of thousands. Now, all David did was really just kill one man. But of course, you know how people are. Uh, you know, they like to exaggerate. So people came out and, you know, all these crowds came out as, as King Saul and David were passing through. And it almost formed like an impromptu parade. And so, so now you have the crowds that are out here celebrating. Think of like uh, when... Let's, you know, I'm a Mets fan, so if the, the Mets haven't won since 1986, I'm a Knicks fan. The Knicks haven't won since 1972, uh, and I'm a Giants fan, so anyway, that's, this is a rough year for, for the New York football Giants. But anyway, let's go back to, like, parades, right? So if the, if the Giants, or let's say Mets, if the Mets or the Knicks were to win, oh my God, New York will go crazy. So people will come out and, and be thronging. So the Israelites killed the Philistines and these people came out and they were celebrating the win and there were people everywhere and King Saul and David are passing by and they start singing this song. They, Saul has killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands and Saul is the king. Come on. Why are you so intimidated? He could have and should have laughed it off. He could have been like, ah, oh, you know, that's just people, you know, whatever. You know, I'm the king. I'm fine. But Saul didn't laugh it off. The Bible says that from that day forward, he started looking at David differently. He started looking at David through the lens of jealousy. You know, he allowed jealousy to get a, a grip of his heart. So the very next day, the Bible says, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 18 today, verses 8 through 11. So the very next day, a tormenting spirit came over Saul. Now, this wasn't new because this had been happening to Saul ever since he disobeyed God. Remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. And so this tormenting spirit came over Saul. Now, in the past, what Saul would do, the only thing that he found uh, that was, you know, could help him, that would bring him peace, was when David, the harp player, would come and play the harp, and David was anointed to do so. And so the anointing on David's music would be able to give Saul peace. But now, Saul wouldn't do that. Why? Because he was jealous. He was intimidated. He was insecure. And you know, that's crazy. People get upset with you and you have the answer to their situation. But since they're upset with you, they won't call you. And so he didn't call for Saul. I mean, Saul didn't call for David and he refused to do it. Why? Because he had issues with David. And so he's being tormented. And the Bible says that he started running around the palace like a raving lunatic. I mean, so, so here you got, this man looks like he's going crazy because he, have a, he has a tormenting spirit and he will not call for David. Now, David doesn't have any issues with King Saul. 
right? David is fine. David's like, look, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, I can't stop these women from singing that song. I, I, I'm still David. I'm still humble. I'm still good. And so David sees Saul acting crazy. And David says, let me go get the harp. So he goes and gets the harp. And he starts playing the harp and he's anointed to do so. But look at what happened. Because Saul was so upset with David, the, the anointing didn't matter. Because Saul was so irritated with David, so jealous of David, that the music did not minister to him. And so in that rage, right, he's like going crazy. In that rage, he had a spear, like a javelin in his hand. And the Bible says that in their rage, he takes the javelin, the spear, and launches it at David. And David, you know, ducks, and the spear hits the wall. Like one of those things. And it says, the Bible says that he launched it at him, attempting, one, one translation says, attempting to pin David to the wall, but it missed David. Now David is thinking, man, I'm anointed by God to replace this man. All I've done, I haven't done anything wrong to him. All I've done is help him. I came and ministered to him. I played music for him. I was his armor bearer. When this giant was tormenting him and the whole army, I killed the giant. I haven't done anything wrong. And now this man is trying to kill me. Now think, think about this from, from David's perspective for a minute. David was minding his own business when this strange man shows up at his house, the prophet, and puts a few drops of oil on his head and says something and, you know, uh, declares that he's anointed to be the next king of Israel. And since that moment, his life just went haywire and it was ups and downs and all this stuff. And now a couple of months later, David is no longer living in his house. He's a national hero. He's in the national spotlight. He had an amazing victory. And then the man who should be celebrating him, the man who invited him into the palace, is trying to kill him. So what does this mean to you today? <laughs> You're like, oh, you know, Rick, that's a good story and everything. But look, you, you might be thinking right now, OK, Rick, I only have a few more minutes. I got a lot of email. I got a lot of meetings. What does this mean to you today? All right, fine. I got it. I'm talking about being committed for the long haul. So what does this mean to you today? I have four things to share with you so I can release you to all those meetings and all the email and all the phone calls you got to do. You ready? Four things. Here we go. Number one, you got to be secure in who God made you to be. At the end of the day, Saul was insecure and Saul's insecurity caused him to launch out and lash out towards David. And more importantly, Saul's insecurity kept him from receiving from David. And David was the one person that was really anointed to minister to him. So that's ridiculous. Don't allow jealousy or your own insecurities to keep you from receiving from people that God has anointed to be a blessing to you. You got to be secure in who God made you to be. Number two, never let success get to your head. Don't read your own press. <laughs> you know, never let success get to your head. David could have allowed. And it's, it's, it's amazing to me that David remained humble because David was 17 years old. I mean, like, you know, at 17 years old, if you're a national hero, if people are calling out your name, if crowds are coming out and people are making up songs and singing songs in your honor, it's easy to allow pride to get a hold of your heart. But David resisted pride. 
And, and that's a blessing. And that's how we're supposed to live. We got to remain humble. You got to know. I believe that David resisted pride because he knew that, hey, I, I, I didn't do any of this. This is God's doing. And when you know that the success is coming by the grace of God, that God is opening doors for you that no man can close. God is closing doors for you that no man can open. God is bringing you before great men. God is favoring the work of your hands. God is giving you the words. God is performing the work. Then you keep your eyes fixed and focused on him. Then you can remain humble and you will not allow pride to get a hold of your heart so that the grace of God can continue to flow. Number three, trouble seems to follow triumph. In one sense, you know, he was triumphant. In the next sense, man, he's dodging a javelin, right? Why? Because trouble will follow triumph. When you walk with God, when God blesses you richly, don't think that the devil is just going to sit back and allow you to be blessed and not be bothered by it. No. Remember, the, the thief comes but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. So he's going to come and try to do everything that he wants to see you fall. He wants to see you falter. He wants to see you fail. He doesn't want to see you succeed. So he's going to attempt to do everything that he can to get you outside of the will of God, to attack you. But if you remain humble, you remain confident, you remain fixed and focused on your divine assignment, you know what? God will favor you, bless you, anoint you to the point where you can trouble your trouble and not be troubled by it. So, so it really irritates Satan. I believe I'm from Brooklyn, so I, I just talk like I'm from Brooklyn. It pisses him off. It pisses Satan off when, when he's trying to trouble you and you're not troubled by it. When you don't get troubled by your trouble and that actually you can trouble your trouble, it, it just drives him nuts because there's nothing. He doesn't know what to do. So you can be at peace and you can know, you know who you are and you just keep moving forward, which leads me to my fourth and final point. To walk with God, you must be committed for the long haul. Listen, there are things that God has called you to do that's not going to happen for months or for years or even for decades. So you must take the long approach with God. There are times and seasons where everything will seem to be going right. And then there are going to be some times and seasons where you're going to face trouble and obstacles and fierce opposition. And people who love you today may turn on you tomorrow, right? At the end of the day, people change, uh, circumstances change, uh, uh, you know, seasons change. But no matter what, in the end, you have to be committed for the long haul. You know what's going to happen? Things that the things may not happen the way you wanted them to happen or the way you planned them to happen or the way you thought they were going to happen. If you might have a five-year five plan and a 10-year plan and all that stuff, guess what? Things may, may turn out completely different than all of your plans. But in the end, you cannot be moved. You cannot be shaken. You got to keep your eyes fixed and focused on Jesus. David had no idea what was coming. After the, the prophet anointed him, man, the next 13 years of his life were, were crazy. But at the end of the day, you just can't be moved by that. Things can change. Things can go haywire. All hell can break loose. But at the end of the day, you got to remain fixed and focused on Jesus so that you can become the man, the woman that God has called you to be. And when you are at peace internally, even when things externally are going crazy, then that's when you really become light and salt in this world. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to speak this over your life right now. Say this. Say, Father, I thank you for this teaching. I know who I am. More importantly, I know whose I am. I rest in who you've made me to be. I will never allow jealousy to get a hold of my heart. You may not have given me what you've given others, but you did not give others what you gave me. So I walk in the grace that you've placed on my life. I rest in it. I know that I'm not a self-made man.
I am who I am by your grace. And I'll never forget it. The realization of your grace keeps me humble and dependent on you. And lastly, Father, I know that there will be times where trouble will follow triumph. But that's okay. I will not allow the trouble to trouble me. I will trouble my trouble and keep my eyes stayed on you. I'm in it for the long haul. Come what may, I shall not be moved. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, sign up, get the messages. They're going to be a blessing to you. As I release you to go do whatever you got to do today, every meeting, every conversation, all the activity that you engage in today, just remember, remain humble, keep your eyes focused on God. You're in it for the long haul. Do me a favor, share this message on your social media before you leave the screen. God bless you.